0: Have you ever watched a video online and said, man, that would be a great soundtrack to my life? (laughs) Well, you're in luck. Since you are a Wedding Bossness listener, our friends from MusicBit are hooking you up with a free month of subscription. If you've seen ads on TV recently, then you probably have heard music from them. That is the caliber of music that you're getting from MusicBit high-quality, Hollywood-level audio tracks. It's a highly curated roster featuring hundreds of artists, bands, and composers. Just like what I said earlier, as a Wedding Bossness listener, you can get your first month of subscription-free or 20% off of a single song purchase. Just enter the promo code WEDDINGBOSSNESS when you check out. Or just click on the link in the show notes. The Three Fundamental Marketing Secrets to Stop Wasting Money. Tim is going to show us three fundamental ways to stop wasting marketing money so we can grow our business, which is, you know, super important in the current business environment. He's going to talk about how to generate higher quality leads so we can increase conversions, how to increase profits and customers while saving time and money with this simple framework, and how to know exactly where to focus our marketing today to get the best return on our investment. Tim is an entrepreneur business owner with expertise in marketing and business growth. He has 20 plus years of entrepreneurial service. He has 20 plus years of entrepreneurial experience with a passion for developing and growing businesses. That passion served him well in operating and managing a wholesale distribution company, which he co-owned for nine years. His company grew an average of 60 percent a year before being acquired in 2005. That's the dream. Since then, he' had failures and successes that have been valuable learning. Experience. Since then, he's had failures and successes that have been valuable learning experiences. He started Rialto Marketing in 2013 and has been helping small business owners and entrepreneurs eliminate the confusion of marketing using an amazingly simple plan so they can grow. Most people overcomplicate marketing. It doesn't have to be that way. And Tim is here exactly to show us what to do. The interview with Tim is coming right up. You're listening to the Wedding Bossness podcast. Hey, Hey. (laughs) Hey, Tim. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks so
1: much for having me, Paul. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Man, I don't remember when exactly you emailed me, but it was during the pandemic. We're recording this right now in the middle of the pandemic. And as soon as you emailed me, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I want to talk to you about. (laughs) So I really appreciate you reaching out. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. So before we start, I would love it if you tell the listeners and the viewers something about yourself that
1: they'd probably be surprised to know about. Okay, yeah, oh man, you're 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 stumping me. Uh, I guess I would say I am I am a recovering perfectionist. Right, I was a math major in in, uh, in college, and uh, I'm I'm just one of those systems type people. I'm very particular, but nothing's ever perfect right so i i've got i've managed to get to the point where i just done is better than perfect and i perfect more as i go um but that still doesn't mean that i don't want to put out the best possible thing i can
0: i think that's the one thing that i never got from from all the books i've read and from talking to all of the all of the business people is the perfectionism is the one thing i've always wanted to have because i i guess i started this journey with reading a book or i was talking to my wife or something and she said if it's 80% done it's done yeah so i'm like why did you tell me that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i i know it's really really hard especially at least i i guess from from my Point of view, also as a wedding videographer, you know, being trying to be creative and you're on a roll and you've you kind of like finished the piece, but then you rewatch it and it doesn't seem like it's what I wanted. So now I guess I shifted that mentality to instead of it being about me, what works for the client. Like I, yeah. I always do customer service first and I I guess that's how I got over the perfectionism really quick.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Well, and sometimes you're, you're looking at it with, with your video eye, you see things totally different, right? You may look at it and go, oh my God, that doesn't look right. You know, I don't. And the client watches it and they're like, oh my God, it's perfect. Yep. Right. So it's, yeah. You uh, become, so I'm getting over my perfectionism. That's awesome. That's
0: good. Good for you. <laughs> yes. So I I am so interested in people's origin stories. I would love it if, uh, I would love to hear your origin story, like how you got into the industry and what you're up to right now.
1: Yeah. So I, like I said, when I was in college, I was a math major. And when I graduated, I had no idea what I wanted to do and i ended up getting involved in a wholesale distribution company my 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 father was actually in the consumer electronics business as a manufacturer's rep for a long time he had just started a distribution company and there was he needed help so i said hey let me come in and help you for the summer while i figure out what i want to do i got involved and i just i fell in love i i, I loved it i was the first full-time employee and you know we were selling consumer home theater equipment, speakers, receivers, stereos. It was just fun stuff. And we got in, we were in at a very good time. The business took off. I, you know, I got a real world MBA doing that. And we, we built that business for about 10 years. We sold it. And I worked for the company that bought us for another three. And then, at that point, um, that was right around uh, two thousand nine, and you know the shit hit the fan right in oh eight and so I shifted and I was in real estate for a while, figured out that I really did not like being in real estate day to day and Coming out of that, I mean, I was kind of battered and bruised after I came out of real estate. I was like, man, this was not a good experience. I came off a fantastic experience, went into one that wasn't so good. And I was like, man, what am I going to do? And I started thinking back about what I really loved about being in the distribution business. And said, look, we were working with, with contractors. We were helping them grow their business. I know what it's like to run a business. I know how to market a business. I I'm going to get involved in, in marketing. And that's when I started Rialto marketing. And that was 2013. We've had a few pivots in between. Um, but now we're, you know, we're focused on helping small businesses, entrepreneurs grow through, through marketing, which is, which is critical. You know, you can have the, the best product or service in the world, but if you don't have marketing bringing customers in, none of it matters.
0: And I, I'm, I guess the beauty of all of the, the market crashing and everything happening was when you, when you pivoted, you were doing the pivot during the recession. It's it's going to be better than anyone else's because you started when, <laughs> when the recession hit and I'm pretty sure after all of this is over, <laughs> we're probably going to get into another one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think, I don't know I've always tried to take a a positive mindset as as often as I can, and I think there's there's opportunity in every market. It's just a matter of finding the opportunity and uh when we were
0: talking earlier about uh what you you preach i just it just reminded me that you know we we're, we're, we're in a crisis right now and just like any other any, any sporting event or any business plan everyone always goes back to the drawing board just to get back to if did we miss a step or did we did we not did we, did we oversee something right. how important do you feel about the fundamentals of of anything like how yeah. important is it
1: I, the fundamentals are the are key right? You can't skip the fundamentals in everything. You know, one of my mentors said that the fundamentals, they don't change. They never change. They're always the same. So whether if I'm going to stand up to the plate and hit a baseball, if I don't know how to stand at the plate, if I don't know how to hold the bat, where to position it, you know, how I'm going to swing, if I don't have those fundamentals down, I'm never going to hit a fastball. I might hit one and get lucky, but I'm never going to hit them good and consistently if I don't have the fundamentals in place with, with marketing or running a business. It's the same thing. If you skip the fundamentals, you're, it's like trying to build a house without a foundation. It may work for a while, but it's not going to last long-term and you're, you're, you can't really expect to get consistent, repeatable results from that
0: and the fundamentals are tested by time right because those are
1: the things that already worked right and they don't change you know it's so even though with you know with marketing you know you've got social media and you know now we got TikTok, and there's all these different avenues to, to advertise i mean marketing can be very confusing at times for people because there's so many different channels but at its core, the fundamentals haven't changed at all. Fundamentals have been the same for years. You know, when I was in the distribution business, we, websites were just kind of, you know, getting in vogue. The, the internet didn't really exist at that point. Marketing was a lot easier, but the fundamentals then were the same as they are now.
0: That's why I enjoy, I guess that's why I enjoy reading old books like the Dale Carnegie books or Robert Kiyosaki books. Robert Kiyosaki's isn't as old as Dale Carnegie's books, Yeah, but you know, always going back to, that's why I love going to thrift stores and getting all these books for 10 cents because there is something in there that still hasn't changed.
1: And that's what I love about it. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can take things that worked back then and, adapt them to the current environment and they can still be very relevant.
0: I didn't even think about when you said TikTok and everything. I'm like, this is why I'm so overwhelmed is because now that we're in a pandemic, I do weddings for a living. There's no weddings at all. And I feel like this is my chance to refocus and everything. And then a few months in, A few weeks in, TikTok suddenly emerged like everyone needs to be on TikTok. (laughs) I haven't even started Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) So it's it's super tough. So we can't deny that there are people out there who are doing marketing in a really weird way, but it still works for them. How do you feel about what process they took? To get there because you know there's always a saying that it takes 10 years to become an overnight success and some of these are, are kids like they just became like super famous after a while how do you feel about that kind of process
1: uh well i think in some cases those people like uh you know what kylie jenner is a perfect example okay i mean reality star shit on market right? She has 120,000, 120 million followers on Instagram. You know, that is her marketing is putting that posting consistently, putting that stuff out there. Hey, I've got a new lip gloss coming out in two weeks and that's it. Right. But most of us are not that fortunate to have that many followers and to be able to take advantage of a channel like that. But the, the the problem with a business like that, and look, we don't know what the likelihood of that is. Shit, we're in a pandemic. So, I mean, none of us thought, you know, we're thinking about that. But what happens to her business if her Instagram gets shut down? If all her social media got shut down, what would she do? Right? If we become too reliant on the medium and not the fundamentals behind it, it becomes really hard for businesses to shift, right? If I'm generating all my revenue from Facebook ads and all of a sudden Facebook shuts down and I don't have a base to work from, I'm going to be in trouble. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like
0: what they're saying right now. Well, I I guess they've been preaching this for a while is um, email marketing is the most important thing you should do for your business because that's currency now the emails are currency and just kind of like for Instagram, like if Instagram closes, that's it. You don't have any, you don't have any, any followers anymore with with, with emails, you know? So it's just tough because for us, like in the wedding industry, we don't have that much subscribers to who, I I guess, unless you pivot to doing like blog posts and newsletters, you know, that's the toughest part. And so well, I want to ask you then, because we are, are what we're going to talk about are the three fundamentals of marketing, right? For this yep. strategy, but I want to talk about how important is marketing right now, because I've been seeing two kinds of wedding vendors. One are the ones who are trying to book still, and the other ones are trying to push hard on marketing.
1: Yeah. I think no matter what your business is, marketing is really important right now. Because if you, if you just stop marketing, how are you going to bring in business, right? Marketing to me, the job of marketing is to get people who have a need or a problem you can solve to know, like, and trust you. So your marketing is warming people up to the point where you can then have a sales conversation with them. And if you stop doing that, you, you, your, your business is done, right? So in, and in cases like this where we have a, you know, it's not just a downturn, it's, it, it's a pandemic, right? There is a pandemic going on that is causing a downturn in our economy. But if you, most people will, their first instinct with marketing in a downturn is to stop, is to pull back. And guess what? All of your competitors are pulling back too. But if you can find a way to continue to invest in marketing, your business will grow that much more on the backside of this as we start to recover. When are we going to recover? None of us knows. Right. And especially, you know, you and I were talking before, before the show about, you know, the wedding industry. I mean, you guys are in an industry that has been hit really really hard with this because you just it's just not people aren't getting married right there are a lot of people are putting it off and in that case what can you do i don't think you have much of a choice other than to pivot yeah. everybody that serves the wedding industry has a valuable skill and i think finding digging deep and saying, Hey, I've got this skill. What other markets can utilize my skills right now? How can I do business? You know, because if all of your clients are putting their weddings off till next year, you know, most people don't have the funds to be able to go, Hey, okay. You know, I'm just gonna, I'll just take the next year off and then I'll start doing business when we work through this because we don't even know when that's going to be. So finding ways to take the skills that you have and shifting whether it's a permanent or a temporary shift, I don't think it matters. You kind of need to take stock of what's going on and figure out what's going to make the most sense. But you got to find ways to to generate revenue with the skills that you currently have.
0: So I I I remember talking to you about this earlier, but I did a research about marketing during a crisis. And the number one thing that I found out was never take advantage of the crisis. Never, you know, just like what I was telling you about this. But but just never take advantage of the crisis. But you have to concentrate on social responsibility and social consciousness, which is one of my friends. She owns a wedding photography business. And what she did was she pivoted to um, wedding face masks. So she designed the face masks for brides and grooms and bridal parties and she took photos of it and now she's so busy that she's heard the demand for the masks are out of this world. Like people have been ordering and all because she decided to just pivot instead of force force the the issue, you know? So my question is, how... Would you know when to pivot during a time like this? But before you even think about what your answer is, I'd love to quickly thank our friends from HoneyBook. HoneyBook is a CRM which stands for Customer Relationship Management System and that software helps us manage and organize our customers' data. Clients always comment on how fast we respond to their inquiries. Since HoneyBook is one of the only small business CRMs that has an app, we get an alert every time someone fills out our contact form. And then we are able to send them a brochure right away. It all boils down to the customer experience. The more you make it easy for them, the more comfortable they will be in handing you their money. By eliminating that part of your business, you get to have your life back. And your clients will get the experience that they deserve. Win-win. So if you use my referral link, you'll get 50% off on your first year. That's not all. I really want you to succeed. So once you become a member through us, you'll be getting a 30-minute phone call to answer your questions about anything, your business or HoneyBook. Just click on the links in the show notes. I'm so sorry. What was your answer to my question?
1: I think that's going to vary depending on every business's situation. But I think when you see the fact that revenue is going to drop significantly or just stop you have no choice that that is your that is your sign that i need to pivot um you know because if you're not out there selling and doing business you're not going to make it right and and so it's there is a balance between selling right and and continuing to do business I think the the approach we need to take now is more of a serve, don't sell approach, you know, figure out how we can add value to people, but we still owe it to our businesses, the people that work for us, you know, our families, our communities to to do business, right? Because that's how we're going to be able to help people is by doing that business, continuing to, you know, create commerce in this economy, Right. And so whether that's going to be commerce within the wedding industry or if you're a photographer and you go, hey, I'm going to start doing other types of photography, you know, whatever you need to do is what you need to do. But I think when you see the fact that there is going to be a serious drop in revenue and you don't have no idea how long it's going to be, you have no choice but to pivot.
0: I remember when it came to, you were mentioning marketing earlier. I remember reading David Avron's book. I don't know if you're familiar with David Avron. No. He has a book called uh, visibility marketing and that, that book, it's like seven bucks on Amazon and it changed. It changed the way I marketed because I've been seeing a lot of like wedding people now that stopped posting on social media. Since there's no weddings, they stopped posting and the point with david averyn's book is visibility marketing means just be visible on social media you don't have to post about your work all the time because once you start posting about personal stuff or people have been posting about cooking and cleaning their house and you know finding all these new hobbies that yeah. alone is good enough marketing for for a business a small business because people need to connect right yeah. how
1: do you feel about that yeah, I think one of the worst things a business can do right now is go dormant. Because if you go dormant, your customers are sitting there wondering what's going on. And guess what? The stories that they're telling themselves is not what you want them to tell themselves. Right? Because it's, they're just like, are you still in business? I mean, they must be gone they've gone radio silent they're not speaking they're not communicating it's not the thing to do you know like i my wife and i were talking about it you know about a month ago just seeing the different businesses that we have frequented and how different some of them are you know our daughter our oldest daughter's orthodontist super proactive when this whole thing hit here's what's going on here's what we're doing Here's how it's impacting our business. We knew exactly what was going on and what to expect. And then on the flip side, there's other businesses where we just didn't hear anything. And guess what we were wondering? We're like, what are they? Are they still in business? I mean, are they gone? What are they doing? That's just not the message that you want to send people. So I think now more than ever, is a time to be even more proactive with with communication and just letting people know that you're still there. Like you said, it's just visibility, even if it's not communicating something specifically about your business, but just letting people know that you're here, that you're human, right? We're all humans. We're all looking for that connection. We're all going through this. It's impacting each of us, you know, slightly differently than others, but it's all impacting us. So just let people know you're there.
0: Yeah, that's the most important thing because you can't I feel like you can't market if people think that you're gone. <laughs> no, it's going to be so tough, right?
1: No, absolutely not. Or if you start marketing when things are different, people are going to be like, "What the hell? Now you're starting to communicate? You haven't sent anything out for 3 months or 6 yeah. months. I thought you were not in business anymore."
0: It's kind of like when whenever I go on social media on Instagram particularly and I see posts from businesses, you know they're automating their posts because these posts were worded probably like five months ago. And the feel of the post is so different from what's happening in the world right now. And I'm yep. I'm, I'm guilty too. I automate my stuff. But then as soon as it goes out, I just change the, the headline just to be able to adapt to what's happening right now.
1: Yep, totally agree. There were a lot of people that were in that boat, you know? So it... Yeah, from a messaging standpoint, it's really important to look back, you know, things that you did schedule, do we need to adjust these things, you know, because we all saw stuff that came across our email, our social media, and you were like, man, this is really tone deaf. Yeah. <laughs> None of us have ever been in a pandemic, so we're, exactly. we're, we're learning, we're all learning as we go through it.
0: Yeah. And this is perfect because now that we've talked about pivoting, now that we've talked about updating your communication, let's go into the topic, which is the three fundamental marketing secrets to stop wasting money.
1: Yeah. You want
0: to talk about it real quick?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the way I look at the marketing fundamentals is I I call it the marketing strategy trilogy. So obviously with the trilogy, you got three elements. So the first one is your target market. You have to understand who your ideal clients are. If you try to reach everyone, it's it's impossible. You're not going to reach, you're going to reach no one. And so you really need to understand who your ideal clients are. Most businesses have one to three ideal client types, you know, or ideal client profiles. Um, I think if you try to focus on any more, it's going to be difficult, especially for smaller businesses. Just because you choose to focus on one, two or three ideal client types doesn't mean that you're not going to attract other people. It just means that those are the one to three client types that you're going to focus your marketing efforts on. So really, really important. When you know who your ideal clients are, it provides you direction and focus and it makes it much easier to figure out where you need to go to attract those people, right? If I'm trying to reach everyone in the state of California, that's a little difficult, right? But if I know that I'm trying to reach, I don't know, everyone in the Bay Area that is within this specific demographic that is in this industry, that becomes a little bit easier, right? It's much more focused. And when I know more about who my ideal clients are, I can really start to dig deeper into, you know, what are the problems that they have? How do I solve those problems for them? You know, what are the benefits and success elements that they're gonna see when they work with me? And I can also start to look at, okay, with these ideal clients, where do they frequent online? What Facebook groups are they in? What groups are they in on LinkedIn? What? Where do they get their news? What forums are they in? Because all of that information helps me understand where I need to go to get in front of these people. Right? I have a question about that. Yeah. Because
0: I'm, I've always been trying to figure out where my ideal market is. Because I have this image. I have this avatar already. But when you say like, you know, if they're in the Facebook groups or wherever they are, how is there a method that you do?
1: to find the target market? I think for people that have an existing business, the best place to start is actually with your past customers. With your past customers, you wanna look at your most profitable past customers, I think that also referred you, right? Because they're profitable and they send you business. And if you need to, talking to those people, interviewing those people to get more information, to dig a little bit deeper. If you do that and take the time to interview past clients, the information you can glean from that can be invaluable. You know, but I, and I think you'll find that they start to fall into different camps, you know, where they, you may start to identify different demographics, but you, you also may start to identify psychographics, right? How they were feeling. Right, especially I can imagine in the wedding industry. You know, you people always joke about you know Bridezilla, right? How can I find ideal clients that are not Bridezilla? Well, right, those those types of people, I think had they felt a certain way, right? And if you can identify those those types of people, it makes it much easier to to attract like people as well. Does that make Mm. sense? Yeah, I, I was just gonna say. I think I've proven my theory about bridezillas and (laughs) groomzillas. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That was not right of me. I said bridezilla. I should have also brought the males into the picture as well. That was totally totally not PC.
0: (laughs) But um, I feel like it's also the vibe that the wedding vendor is um, projecting. So whenever we, I'm sorry, but it's it's just like what I've been noticing. I've been doing this for 16 years, so I'm pretty sure I know. So, kind of like when we network with other people, the I choose the vendors we network with. It's not like I'm faking the, you know, faking the the emotions, but I I just choose because there are vendors that attract the bridezillas, and there are vendors that never. So we get a handful but we've been doing this for 10 years. We probably got like four.
1: Yeah. That's a pretty good batting average. No, that's not bad at all, right?
0: But yeah, yeah. You're right. it's it's the the, the the vibe and the personality.
1: Yeah. So, you know, with your target market, once you understand who you're trying to reach, then you can start to look at, you know, we call it the, the customer journey. And the customer journey is that experience that, you know, a bride or groom has from the minute they start thinking about their wedding and planning their wedding all the way through making purchase decisions and and then referral business after the fact, right? And what we need to understand, the way we look at the customer journey is an hourglass and there's seven steps there. You know, so we're all familiar with the hourglass, the sand at the top and it works its way down. The seven phases of the customer journey are know, like, trust, try, buy, repeat, and refer. Now, in the wedding industry, hopefully they're not doing the repeat part of that um, phase, right? but certainly the referral side of it. And what we need to understand is what are your client's needs, expectations, what actions are they taking at each phase of that customer journey? Because when you can understand that, Then as a business, you can start to identify, hey, what what content do I need to create? What systems or processes do I need to have in my business to meet the expectations and actions that they're taking at each phase? Because if you can do that, you can help people move down the hourglass to the point where they decide to buy from you, right? So that is your target market. You got to know the target market. The next part of the trilogy is your messaging. You have to have clear and engaging messaging. If you don't, right, most people get cute and clever with their messaging. And inevitably it flops because you make people think. When you make people think about what the hell you mean, you lose them. You know, we have, the last time I found this statistic, and and I can't even remember where I found it, But the average attention span of a human at this point is eight seconds, which is less than a goldfish. So, you know, if people land on your website and they read it and it doesn't resonate with them or they have to think about, you know, what the hell it means or what you do, they're gone, right? So having clear messaging that that you can communicate consistently over time is super, super important. The way we um, recommend people use create their messaging is using a storytelling framework. I wish I created this. I did not. We follow a uh, a framework from a company called StoryBrand, where oh, you're inviting your customer into the st- a story where they are the hero or the main character, and you your business is the guide. You know, so they want to you know they want to capture every moment. Of their wedding you are the videographer that is going to help guide them through that process you have been there done that with a gazillion different people you know exactly what needs to happen and it's like hey you know mr and mrs bride and groom i know exactly what you want what you want to capture and i'm going to help guide you through this process so that you've got a wedding video and, and video footage that you can cherish for your the rest of your marriage right But we're creating that messaging based on that framework. And it just, it makes sense when you describe it to people. And I'll give you some, I'll give your listeners some resources that they can take advantage of at the end to dig a little bit deeper into this stuff. Um, But when you use a storytelling framework, it just makes sense to a lot of people. And you can invite people into a story. And we all love stories. So target market, your messaging. And the last part of it is you got to have a plan. If you, you know, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. So a plan helps you understand when and what you need to execute on. And what you choose to put in that plan is really going to depend on, you know, the resources, the people that you have, the time you have, and the money that you have to invest. You know, marketing is one of those things where you can spend as much money as you want, right? But most people don't have an unlimited budget. So you got to figure out where you can put your resources to get the best return on your investment. And you know, what we're recommending to people now, I, I always come back to keeping things simple, you know, putting together a 20 page marketing plan. That's an in-depth look at your entire market and this and that it's a waste of time. And it's a waste of money because most people never use all that stuff. It's so complicated that they just go, they just throw up their hands. I like to do marketing plans in a 90-day sprint. Keep it simple. You look at, you need to understand your target market. You need to have a marketing goal. You know, what's the overall goal of my marketing? You want to keep it measurable, but I don't think you want to get too caught up in the goal itself. The goal is just there to help you determine whether you're, how successful your plan has been. Then you need to look at your marketing budget, What are the resources, time, and the dollars that I have to invest? Next thing you need to look at is what's your current marketing plan? And we tend to look at these different channels. Do you have strategy in place, the fundamentals that we're talking about right now? What are you doing with your website? What are you doing with content? What are you doing with SEO, social media, email marketing, paid advertising, and then offline marketing. Offline marketing might be, I've got referral partners or you know strategic partnerships. I'm, I've, I speak or I've got networking or, or I'm doing direct mail. But all you want to do is look at what what's in your current marketing plan. You may not have an official marketing plan in place at this point. You just want to identify, hey, what am I doing in these channels? Then you can look at what am I going to do for the next 90 days in each of those channels? to add to my marketing plan. How much you decide to bite off is really gonna depend on your resources and how much time you have. You might just choose to say, hey, you know what? Over the next 90 days, I need to dial in my messaging and I need to transfer that messaging onto my website. That's what I'm gonna focus on. That's the only thing I have time for in the next 90 days. Not a problem at least at that point, you know that that's exactly what you need to do over the next 90 days so that tomorrow when you see the latest marketing tactic come across Facebook and some dude saying, hey, you need to do this to grow your business, you go, no, because I am focusing on my messaging and my website for the next 90 days. It keeps you focused. And then you can look at the metrics. What are the metrics that I'm going to track in the channels I'm gonna work on to determine whether what I've done over the past 90 days has been effective, right? So it's just a simple, it's six steps. And then at the end of those 90 days, you can look at it and go, okay, what worked? What didn't? Put in a new plan and just wash, rinse and repeat. I just think it's so much easier. It's not overly complicated. And if you do it, you're making progress every 90 days. Right? And that's all we can ask is forward progress. Let's not overcomplicate it. Keep it simple and just wash, rinse, and repeat. Don't overcomplicate things. Most people overcomplicate marketing and it doesn't have to be that way. So that's the marketing strategy trilogy. Have you heard enough? Actually, I I actually want to hear more, but
0: Yeah. (laughs) But the thing is, I've never thought about a marketing strategy. As like a 90-day plan because I've always thought marketing has to be uh, kind of like evergreen. Like you have to plant the seeds now and then you're going to reap them, you know. But yeah. it, it actually makes sense. It's smart goals, right? You, mm-hmm. you, you turn them into smart goals so that you can easily achieve all of
1: this, right? Yeah, and it doesn't – just because it's a 90-day plan doesn't mean that you're going to stop doing things. You may just be adding new tactics or new channels to your marketing. You know, once your website is dialed in and set up, okay, well, great. You're just gonna continue to maintain that, but what else can you do to continually build upon that? Because if you can continually build upon the marketing efforts that you're doing, your marketing is an investment, it's not an expense. So it's one of those things that you have to continually do over and over and over again and if you do that and you're monitoring things and you know hey this is working this isn't and you make modifications as you go it's those little changes over time that that have incremental that make an incremental difference in its effectiveness
0: i like that you put it in words like it's it's kind of like slowly but surely but in a 90 day span that's if you're thinking about it, that's like a short amount of time. So you're doing it really slow and steady, but mm-hmm. at the same time you're hitting all these goals like this week you're done.
1: And then you, you know, you're kind of yep. like hitting all well, the marks. Think about it this way, Paul. I mean, even if it's, let's say you have a 90 day plan and you're only adding one tactic or channel to your marketing every 90 days. At the end of the year, you've added four things to your marketing I mean, that's a hell of a lot better than a lot of businesses. So, you know, don't don't discount the fact and just say, oh, well, I only have the time or the money to do this one thing. Hey, that one thing is an improvement from where you were before. And if you're making improvements, those are the little steps. It's about taking one step forward and then another step and another step and another step. So I'm always of the opinion that any movement in a positive and forward direction is a good thing.
0: As long as you know the fundamentals.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to skip the fundamentals, right? They're they're They are super, super important because you're never going to do anything consistently. Well, if you skip the fundamentals.
0: Yeah. So true. Like I remember when I, when I saw your email and, um, you were you wanted to talk about the fundamentals. I always go back to i don't know if you watch the n b a but I always go back to Tim duncan of the San antonio Spurs. He is Mr Fundamentals, but he has the most championships in a short span of time, and he has won the m v p and all of these awards, and yeah. he's never been flair, never been anything, but he's always consistent and always fundamental so I, that's my idea of what fundamentals are like like you it keeps you consistent, it keeps you solid
1: yeah absolutely it absolutely does you know and it's I, one of my mentors always said you you don't need to do extraordinary things to be successful you just need to do ordinary things extraordinarily well, and uh, that's exactly what the fundamentals are most people skip them, but if you do the ordinary, the basic, the fundamental things really well, you can be very, very successful. Things don't have to be complicated. Frankly, it's, it's so much easier to overcomplicate things nowadays with all the technology that we have. It's much harder to make things simple. But when you can boil things down to their simplest form, it's so much easier and it can be so much more effective.
0: For sure. Man, I was just going to ask you, like before we end the interview, if there's one takeaway that you'd want people to get from this interview, what is it? But I kind of like, <laughs> I guess that was it. But if, do you have other, just one last takeaway
1: from this interview? You know, I, I think that's, I mean, that really is it in a nutshell. It's a, our whole approach to marketing is about the fundamentals, getting the fundamentals in place. And then you can start to jump into the tactics. But don't skip the fundamentals. That really is the takeaway. Most people, when they look at their marketing and they're wondering why it's not working, inevitably, it always comes back to a fundamental problem. They've skipped something in the fundamentals that is creating problems for all of their marketing. So don't skip them.
0: Perfect. Well said. So I thank you so much. I would love it if you tell the viewers and the listeners where to reach you and if they have any questions, how to reach you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, the best place to go is our website, which is rialtomarketing.com. That's R-I-A-L-T-O marketing.com. I also put together a page specifically for your listeners. That's rialtomarketing.com forward slash wedding dash bossness. Um, I'll give you that so you can give it to them in the show notes, but on that page, got some free resources about the fundamentals that we talked about that I think people will find super, super helpful. Um, there, you know, there's an opt-in on that page for how to avoid the most common website mistakes. So I'm just trying to give, give your listeners some, some helpful information that they can take away after they've, they've listened to it. So they can go there too, to get some great info as well.
0: Thank you so much. I'm pretty sure they will appreciate that.
1: Yeah, it's awesome, man. I really appreciate you having me, Paul. And thank you so much for the time. Thanks,
0: Tim. All the best to you.
1: Yeah, you too, man. Take care.
0: That's the end of another great episode. I hope you picked something up from our guest. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out by emailing me at weddingbossness at com. If you're looking for bite-sized episodes that have a little bit more of straight-up information about running your wedding business, the Wedding Bossness YouTube channel just got a facelift. And now, it doesn't only have the video interviews from the podcasts, it also has shorter, informative, educational videos to help you, hopefully, answer your questions about your business. And they're all free. No catch. I know there's so much information that was provided today, so be sure to check out the show notes for the links down below. Special thanks to our guests for today, and don't forget to visit their site after this episode. Thanks for listening. Until we meet again.